And then 
snowing on the outside and nice and cozy on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody said Bible study time. Amen. I got one Bible study time. You got to be always careful when you all are having online church. You get a little comfortable and stuff like that. So I want you to ride with me tonight. Stay connected and get involved. I believe God wants to do something in us even now while we're all in separate places but together uh, to do the work of the ministry, to be edified, and to have an encounter with the Lord tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. We're still working on technical things. And, uh, I know you might hear a little ring in there. We're trying to get rid of the ringing for you. We don't want the ring in your ear, but we want you to get the word in your ear. So hopefully we'll have that worked out for you and you will be able to hear with no distraction. Hallelujah. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about the essential of knowing God and knowing God is essential. Um, we have taken that word essential and I think sometimes we've used it appropriately and other times we've used it inappropriately but we believe and we know it's very appropriate to say knowing God is essential. Knowing God is essential and tonight will probably of the other nights that I've taught on this, tonight is probably going to bring a whole lot more understanding uh, as to why knowing God is essential. Uh, there's the, what, what's the best word, the elementary um, reasons for knowing God. And a lot of people say, you know, you got to know God because it's right. You got to know God because you got to go to heaven. You got to know God because he's good. And all of those things uh, we will probably say uh, is important that we know God. But it's it's so much more than that. And hopefully tonight I will bring a whole lot more understanding to the importance of knowing God, how essential it is to know God. Amen. I'm going to ask you to pray with me, if you will stand with me, wherever you are. Amen. We are online only tonight. Amen. And so I know you're in someplace comfortable. So when I say, when I said stand, I'm sure that was a challenge for you. Oh, you all are standing. No, we're standing. Let's stand. Amen. You know, I have a little congregation over here with me. And um, we're all standing. You all never think about the preacher when the preacher preaches, huh? Everybody just think this is what we do. We sit and he stands. Okay, I'm just asking you to stand with me just for a couple of minutes so we can pray and ask God to help us. And you all are hesitant about standing. 
Those of you that are sitting on your bed, you're hesitant about standing. Some of you sitting in your couch, nice and comfortable. Let's stand. Some of you might be at the table, you know, leaning on the tables. Let's stand. Now, the person that we're going to pray for tonight, he might not be able to stand. So, Tim, you don't have to stand tonight, but we're going to join together. We're going to pray for you. We normally pray, um, as you've been hearing me talk, talking about, that prayer is before all things. Uh, prayer must precede everything that we're going to do. And tonight, as we move forward into our Bible study, prayer must be what we do first to get us in the right frame of mind to prepare our hearts and uh, entreat the Lord. At the top of our prayer request tonight, I want you to pray for a gentleman by the name of Tim, Tim, T-I-M. Um, he is my supervisor's fiance and uh, my supervisor at work fiance. He was diagnosed the other day. I, I believe it's colon cancer. Um, forgive me if that's no, not which cancer it is, but I know it's, it's some form of cancer. I believe it's colon um, and so he was recently diagnosed with it. Uh, he had surgery recently, stayed in the hospital for a few days, and he has come home. And um, they gave him the news that he needs chemo um, for the next six months, two times a week. And so um, I don't like to hear things like that. And, you know, I, I tell you all the time, my job is not just a job to me. It's ministry. And so whoever God allowed me to be around to me, that's ministry. And God is um, wanting me to do what I can to be a blessing to them and to um, to help them know more about him. And so I want you to join with me and pray for Tim. We're going to ask God to uh, give us a miracle to touch uh, Tim and, and miraculously eradicate all uh, any kind of cancer cell that's in his body. We want God to eradicate them and to make him completely whole and completely healed and uh, that God will do something special and spectacular in his life. And I believe that God can and God will. But we're going to touch and agree tonight and ask God to just do a work in Tim's life and eradicate those cancer cells and just uh, just heal him completely. I want you to also pray tonight that God will help us in our studying of his word. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we come as the family of God. We come as the children of God, gathered together in different places, but still as one. And tonight, Lord God, we humble ourselves before you, for you are our King, our God, and more than anything else, you are our Lord, our Master and Ruler. It is in you that we have complete confidence and trust, Lord God. And tonight, Lord Jesus, we've come asking that you search our hearts because, Lord, we want our hearts to be clean. We want our hands to our hearts to be pure and our hands to be clean. And we want you to hear us and receive and respond to our petitions and our requests. Lord Jesus, will you forgive us of our sins? Lord Jesus, will you cleanse us from all our unrighteousness? Forgive us for our disobedience. Forgive us, Lord God, for not giving you the honor and the praise like we must. And tonight, Lord God, we ask that you will cleanse us, that you will scrub our, 
our heart and soul clean of all filthiness and all ungodliness that Lord Jesus tonight as we come before you you will entreat us and we will be able to have fellowship with you Lord God for the next oh God few minutes Lord Jesus will you allow us oh God the privilege Lord Jesus of experience experiencing intimacy, connectivity with you, Lord God, that our life will never be the same and that change, Lord God, will take place in our life even now as we call on your name. Father, we are calling on your name together tonight, asking you, Lord God, for a miracle for Timothy, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we're asking that you will eradicate every cancer cell that is in his body in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the doctors, but Lord, we're asking uh, for a miracle from you, Lord God, uh, for it's by your stripe, Lord God, uh, that we are healed. Uh, it is with your stripes that we are healed. And tonight, Lord God, uh, we pray that with your stripes, Timothy will be healed in Jesus' name, that all sickness will be eradicated, all diseases will be eradicated, and that his body, Lord God, will be free from all disease, from all sickness, from all ailments. We're asking tonight for a miracle that only you can do, Lord. And so we ask you, Lord, from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, that there will be a miraculous touch from you, and that your healing virtue will flow in his body and he will begin to receive strength. He will begin to feel strength, Lord God, and be strengthened and be healed and be whole. And Lord, I pray for a miracle in his life that you will do something spectacular in him and through him. That you will raise him up, Lord God, to be mighty in you. Touch Timothy tonight, Lord God, that we just strive he will be healed. And we ask, Lord God, that you will help us in our Bible study tonight. Let it not just be knowledge to our heart and mind, but Lord, let your word challenge us tonight. Let your word, oh God, move us tonight and take us into a different and deeper dimension in you. Have your way tonight, sweet Jesus. We ask you in the name of Jesus that you give us revelation, that you give us understanding, and that you will guide us in your word, and that your spirit will move upon us and in us, Lord God. Consume us wherever we are tonight, Lord God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, Lord God. Let it be so, oh great God. For it's you that we're crying out to. It is your name that we declare in this place. In the name of Jesus, let your will be done tonight, Lord. We pray and ask, Lord, that you will guide us and lead us. I pray, Almighty God, that your word will go into our hearts into our spirit, into our soul, and bring about change, and bring about deliverance, and bring about restoration, and bring about salvation. Have your way tonight, sweet Jesus. Help us, oh great God. We pray and ask you these things in your mighty and powerful and sovereign name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, let us clap our hands unto the Lord and thank him tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Knowing God is 
essential. Somebody tell that to somebody. Say, knowing God is essential. Amen. And so we believe that. And so we want you to know God. We've been teaching about attributes of God. We've been teaching about some of God's character. And so we've been talking about that. Now we're going to go into some things that that normally people don't look into to understand more about God. You know, I've been one to always tell you to learn the ways of God, learn how God does things that 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 way you will know, you know, what God is doing and what he's not doing. For instance, you have to always understand that when God is doing something in your life, he does it personally with you. But God will never separate you from the body of Christ. And so a lot of times we feel like we need to be alone to meditate, to pray. And that's good. But never, never think that God wants you to be separated from the body of Christ. So if God is doing something in your life, you still want to be with the body, where the body is assembled, where the body is gathered together. You never want to be absent from the body of Christ. So wherever God places you in the body, whatever local congregation where God places you, always remember you should never neglect to be assembled when the body is assembled. It's essential. It's important that we're always assembled with the body of Christ. Remember, I told you we're going to heaven together. Somebody say amen. amen. We're going to heaven together. So we better get accustomed to being with each other all the time, because if we're going to go to heaven together, then it means we're going to spend eternity together. And so if you think you can't stand somebody right now and you only have to see them on Thursdays or Sundays, eh, what are you going to do when you get to heaven? I don't think you're going to make it to heaven because eternity is something that we can't even fathom. So we need to love to be with one another while we're here now, because when we get raptured out of here, we're going to be together forever. All right. Knowing God is essential. Remember, I told you in our study that existence demands justification. Existence demands justification. And so God, God was the one that, that instituted this law. He instituted this law against himself from the very beginning of, of, of just his time. Uh, and that's just not even right because God doesn't have a beginning. God always existed. But God imposed this law on himself saying that existence demands justification. And so everything that exists must justify why it exists. Everything, everything, everyone must justify why it exists. We talked about as a simple uh, portion of scripture where Jesus cursed the fig tree. And, you know, I remember the first time I read that, I said, man, Lord, that, that seems a little steep that you're cursing the fig tree for not, you know, having any fig on it. And now that I understand that existence demands 
justification, I understand it. Because then I also get into the scripture in, in I believe, John chapter 15, where it talks about the, 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 the branch that bear no fruit, that you got to cut it down and, 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 and bundle it together and cast it in the fire. So whenever we don't justify our existence, then we are not justifying why we exist, then we're useless pretty much. And that's the way God sees things. And you'll see that as we study, as we go along. All right. Remember, I told you also that our value is determined by someone else. Now, you you hear this and, and right away it, it could do something in you. When, when someone tells you your value is determined by someone else. Now, now listen to me. Someone that don't know you cannot determine your value. Okay? So don't get crazy. Someone that don't know you cannot determine your value. So you'll see who can determine your value. Okay? But just understand that our value is determined by someone else and not by us. So when we want to believe that we determine what our value is, um, that's not really true. And so you can only be determined, your value can only be determined by someone else. So remember that. All right, let's get into some more of our study here. How is true value determined? The, the, the true value of anyone, of anything, is determined by others. In Romans chapter 12, verse number 3, Romans chapter 12, verse number 3, the word of God says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Okay? Uh, we're not supposed to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Uh, that's a whole lot there to unpack. We won't unpack all of that tonight. But what you need to understand is that's just another way of saying be humble. Be humble. Let let someone else that know you determine your value. Be humble. You don't need to lift up yourself. You'll be fine, okay? Uh, but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. So, we, we ought to just let God decide our value. And all we need to do is just humble ourselves before him. Have you ever met someone who thought of himself or herself more highly than he ought to think? Have you ever met someone who knew he thought of himself more highly than he ought to think? Your opinion of yourself does not determine your true value. The opinions of those people who do not know you are just as wrong as your own opinion of yourself. How can the true value of God, who is everything, be determined? How can the true value of God, who is everything, be determined? God's personal value must be determined by someone else. That is amazing. 
that the almighty, the sovereign God, that his value have to be determined by someone else. So think about it this way. If God's value has to be determined by someone else, then obviously your value has to be determined by someone else because we cannot even compare to God. But God needs someone else to determine his value. I know that sounds strange, but let's move forward and you will see how it's not strange and it's very important. Who is qualified to determine God's, who is qualified to determine God's true value? Who is determined to, or qualified, I should, I should say, to determine God's true value? God can have no functional value as long as he is everything. All right. Understand that when as God existed all the times before he created anything, as God existed before he created anything, what was his value? We talked about this. What was God's value while he was just existing and nothing else exists? Amazing as it may sound, then God's value was really no value because nothing exists. He didn't create anything. What was what was his reason for existing? What was his justification for existing? There was nothing that was able to justify his existence. Before the beginning, no one and nothing else exists to judge God's true value. So nothing could have judged God's true value before he created anything. God must do three things to justify his own existence. God has to do three things to justify his own existence. Reason thing number one, <laughs> he must define who and what he is. God must define who and what he is. Remember, the reason why he has to do that is because he has to justify his existence. So in order to justify his existence, he must define who and what he is. As long as God is everything, nothing else can exist. As long as God is everything, nothing else can exist. God must define himself to be something to make something else possible. So he cannot make an arbitrary decision to be something. He must define who and what he really is. Reason number two, or thing number two, he must create something else. Again, to, for God to justify his existence and to, to be valued, the, these are the things that he must do. So he must create something else, okay? Defining himself as something rather than everything makes something else possible. We said that. God's defining himself as light created the possibility of darkness. So by God is saying, I am the light, then it makes darkness possible. Defining himself as God created, I'm sorry, defining himself as good created the possibility of evil. If he didn't define himself as being good, then there would be no way evil could ever exist. Because what it means is him being good, meaning everything else is evil. 
because everything is in God. Isaiah 45, verse 6. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light and created darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all things. I, the Lord, do these things. He must reveal himself to something else. So God must reveal himself to something else. God can prove his value and justify his existence only by revealing himself to his creation. I got to say that again. God could prove his value and justify his existence only by revealing himself to his creation. So the way God would prove his value and justify his existence would be by revealing himself to his creation. And so revealing himself would be the greatest thing he can do. Church, this is important. God revealing himself is the greatest thing he could ever do. Hmm. All right, you'll get it. God used a lot of different ways to reveal himself to us because it was so important that God revealed himself to us. Very important because God wanted us to understand who he is. So God has to reveal himself to us by what he creates or reveal himself to his creation. And so it's important for God to justify who he is and to reveal himself to his creation. Jesus Christ is the express image of the deepest reality of God's being. Jesus Christ is the express image of the deepest reality of God's being. Mm. All right. Logos. The word of God, the essence of his mind expressed outwardly. When you read the word of God, that is that is God's mind being expressed outwardly. Again, it's essential and important that we know God. But the only way we're going to know God is if God reveal himself to us. And so the greatest thing God can ever do is reveal himself. Colossians chapter one, verse number 15 says, who is the image of the invisible God? the firstborn of every creature. And so God, again, these are all scriptures that God is wanting to wanting us to see who he is. He's revealing himself to us. And so he wants us to see who he is. So it's important that we understand who the Lord God is, because the greatest thing that God could ever do is reveal himself to us. God with us has multiple meanings. God with us has multiple meanings. God is with us, therefore God is not against us or he does not oppose us. 
Uh-huh. So when the scriptures say God is with us, God is with us, not far away from us. God is with us, not forcing us to be with him. Now, this is important. God is with us, not forcing us to be with him, not yet imposing his dominion, but allowing us to judge his value as Lord. So God is with us, but he's with us. And it's up to us now to 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 decide. He, God is not imposing his will on us. He is saying, I'm with you. So depending on how you will approach me, you will determine my value because I'm with you. Amen. But the bottom line is, how will you act to determine if I'm valuable to you? This is this is this is amazing that the almighty God is trying to show us something here that he's saying, I am with you all. Yes, I am with you, but you have to determine what I mean to you. I can't determine what I mean to you. You have to determine what I mean to you. So the almighty God that created everything, he has come to be among us. And what he's saying is. I am with you. I am among you. I'm there for you. But only when you determine what you want to do with me, only when you determine how I will work in your life or work through you, only then will you determine what my value is to you. Now, hear it this way as well. There are people that they don't know God. They're not trying to know God. They're not living for God. They're not reaching for God. They're not doing anything that God says. Guess what? They have determined that God has no value to them. That's what they've done. They have determined. So when you see people that they're deciding, I'm not going to church. I'm not into that church stuff. I'm not reading that Bible because man wrote it. I'm, I, that God stuff is just all hypocritical and all hypocrites in church. What you're saying is, this is not important to me and it serves no value of anything to me. So you determine that God has no value to you. Those that decide I'm going to be a worshiper, those that decide I'm going to pray to God, those that decide I will assemble myself when the body is assembled, those that decide I'm going to walk with God and obey him and let him command me and let him be Lord of my life. Those who determine that will begin to determine the value of God. So we can determine or we will determine the value of God one way or another. Now, don't get it twisted. God is valuable. And, and, and God is everything. But the bottom line is determining, determining on how we decide his value in our life will decide what happens to us. Mm. God is with us, not forcing us to be with him. Mm -hmm. Jesus is God Self-definition manifested in flesh. So here is the question I asked maybe a couple weeks ago, that there are people, when you come to know God, you will begin to know some things that you've been wanting to know about. And one of the things many of us want to know is, who am I? Who am I? That's what a lot of people want to know. Who am I? Well, I'm going to tell you. You are one of the beings who God created in his own image. 
If you want to know who you are, you are one of the beings that God created in his own image. So everybody that's walking this earth and everybody that have ever walked this earth, everybody that will ever walk this earth, have to understand that you are one of the beings who God created in his image. That's who you are. What is the purpose of my life? What is the purpose of my life? Now, God created us in his own image. Now, what is our purpose? What is our purpose? Our purpose is this. We were created to know God. <laughs> we were created to know God. And so everybody tonight, under the sound of my voice, you were created in the image of God. And your purpose is you need to know who God is. That is your purpose. You must know who God is because we were created to know God. We were created to know God. You were created to determine God's true value. You and I were created to determine God's true value. My God, what a what an awesome thing that God created us in his image. And he didn't stop there. He says, now that I've created you in my image, I'm creating you for a purpose. But that purpose is to know me. That's the first thing that you need to understand, that you're created in God's image and your purpose is to know God. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? What is your purpose is to know God. I was, I've been in church for a little bit and that's one of the most famous questions that will ever be asked in church. People always want to know what is my purpose? Why was I created? And I'm here to tell you your purpose and the reason why you were created was to know God. And this other thing was you were created to determine God's true value. So you were created in God's image. You were created to know God and you were created to determine God's true value. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. You will become the justification for God's existence. You will become the justification for God's existence. So God always existed and he existed always. But guess what? His existence was meaningless because there were nothing created. And then God said, I'm going to impose this law on myself that my existence have to demand justification. My existence must demand a reason for me existing. And so that's when he started creating. And the thing that was the most precious, the most important of his creation was those that he made in his image. And when he made us in his image, he says, now... I want you to know me because the law that I've imposed on myself, that, that, that existence demand justification, then every single thing that come into this life, into this world, they must also justify why they exist. And so your reason for existing was to know God. Your reason for existing will be, it is for you to become the justification of God's existence. You must know and understand him. 
before you can determine his true value. So your purpose for being created is to know God. Everything else comes after that. And it's not even your purpose, but I'll let you slide. You can think that your purpose is to have children. Your purpose is to have a nice house and have a family. Your purpose is to, you know, contribute to this world so it can be a better place. You can go ahead and ride with that. But I'm going to tell you before all of that is you have to know who God is. You were created to know God. And then once you know him, then you would be qualified to determine his value. We must know and understand God before we can determine his true value. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse number 24 says, But let him that glorifieth glorify in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. He revealed himself to make it possible for us to know him. So the reason why we're talking about this, this, you know, knowing God is God went through extremes to make sure he would be able to reveal himself to us that we can know him. This is why you have to understand the very most important thing of who you are is to know God, because that's why you were created from the very beginning anyway. Isaiah 43 verse number 10 says, ye are my witness saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. So God is trying to get us to understand the importance and significance of knowing him. Because we were created to know him. And once we know him, we can determine his value. This is why I can begin to pray and I say, Lord, you are sovereign. I can begin to pray and I said, Lord, oh God, by you does all things consist. You are from everlasting to everlasting. You are the first and the last, the one which is, which was, which is to come. It is in you do we live and move and have our being. When you come to know God, you understand that nothing can exist without him. Everything that exists, exists because of him. And so when we come to that place, then now we will understand and begin to determine value because now we can say, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can fear no evil for thou art with me. Because why? You know him now and you can determine his value because God is present everywhere at all times. So now I can say whether I go to the valley or I go on the mountaintop, God will always be there because I know him. Now I'm beginning to determine his value because I understand that I need him every 
every second, every hour. I need him because I know I can only breathe because of him. Because he was the one that breathed breath and man became a living soul. He was the one that formed us and made us and molded us. And he was the one that established us. So when you understand that, now you begin to put value to him. And you begin to understand he is everything. And everything consists in him. He is, oh God, he is amazing. And now we can put value to him. But only when we get to know him. Only when we get to understand him. Only when we study his word, we will get to see the mind of God. And then we can now say, God, I know you. I understand your ways. Only when he fills us with his spirit and we begin to understand the spiritual realm and we can speak the language of heaven or even a different language because we know he was the one that allowed us to do so. Only when we know him can we really begin to say what he can and can't do. But we got to know him. Church, everybody, all of us were created because we need to know God. And so we spend all of our time trying to get God to do what we want him to do. As opposed to learning who he is, studying who he is, praying and asking who he is. Because when we do so, then we will understand who he is. Then we will know what to say to him and what not to say to him. Can you imagine sometimes, I don't know, you got people in your life and relationships in your life that, you know, for instance, I'll give you a good one. Can you imagine you saying to me one day, uh, you know, Sunday morning, we wake up and, 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 and somebody call me up and say, hey, pastor, you going to church today? You don't know me. You don't know me. For you to call me up and ask me if I'm going to church. You don't know me. So, You won't know what to expect of me when you don't know me. But when you come to know me like my kids and my wife and those that I live with, when you come to know me, now you know what to expect of me. It's the same thing with God. We're trying to get God to do things that God will not do because guess what? God doesn't do those things, but you don't know that God doesn't do those things because you don't know him when you were really created in his image to know him that you're able to determine his value. My God. And so it's very important that we understand who we are and who are we? We are the beings that were created in God's image. We are the beings that were created in God's image. Why were we created? We were created to know who God is. Why were we created? That we can justify God's existence. That we can bring value to God. That's why we were created. Now, value will look different in, in different instances, right? So when you begin to pray, that's automatically saying that God is valuable to you. You're bringing value to God because if you're praying, what you're saying is, I need God. That's what you're saying when you pray. So when you pray, you bring value to God. When you, when you live the way God teaches us to live, we bring value to God. When we love 
one another, we bring value to God. When we worship God, we bring value to God. And so when we do those things, that's showing us that we are showing him what he means to us. We're determining his value. Somebody say amen. amen. My God, my God. And so a lot of times as Christians, we believe his sacrifice at Calvary is the ultimate evidence that justifies his existence. But when God first determined that existence demands justification and he started from that position, this is why we are where we are today. The things that God do is because existence demand justification. The, 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 the justice of Calvary. We'll talk about that a little next week, but I want you to remember tonight who you are. I want you to remember tonight why you were created. And we know we were created to justify God's existence. We were created to know who he is and we are created to determine his value. His sacrifice at Calvary is the ultimate evidence that justifies his existence. But that came after all of what he has done in us and through us. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 13 says, if we believe not yet, he abided faithful. He cannot deny himself. So I'm going to stop there, church, and let you know this. God cannot deny himself. For the moment he denies himself, we're in trouble. <laughs> he needs to continue to allow us to value him, determine his value, because it's in him we live and move and have our being. So we must understand that the things that God is doing, he has to do them because he can't deny himself. Remember I told you maybe last couple of times that people want to know why does God allow all of the evil that he allows? Why does he? And, and all I told you was this. God turns his back on that. And so God has nothing to do with the evil that we do. And God is not going to babysit us because God has already given us his word, his law to tell us how we need to live. And so the way how we're doing each other, there's a solution for it. But we're choosing to deny God's value. And so as we're denying his value, his back is turned to us. And not until we decide 
We don't want to live this way and say, God, I don't want to live the way that I'm living. I don't want to walk the way that I'm walking. I don't want to live like everybody else that's not living right according to your word. I need you to save me. And when you say that, God will stretch forth his hand, not literally, but he will work what he needs to work to pull you out of your situation. But as long as you want to remain in your situation that is ungodly, that is evil, God leaves you right there because in actuality, you don't see any value in God. And that's why you're living the way you're living. Who do you know want to hang out with people that don't think that they're much value? You tell me. Who hangs out with people that, 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 that don't think they're valuable? Nobody does. So when you determine that God is not valued or valuable to you, then why do you expect God to do anything? So we're kind of being hypocritical in our world. We're not living for God, but we want God to intervene when we're not doing right. And God is saying, if I can just communicate for him right now, you're being a hypocrite. You don't care nothing about me, but when things are wrong, you want me to get involved. That's really how it is. But when we decide that we're going to respond to God's word and come to know him and learn of him and know who he is and realize that we can determine his value once we know who he is, then everything changes for us. And that's what God is expecting from us. Next week, we're going to talk about how Christianity, a lot of Christians have misinterpreted God's work at Calvary. Like what, why we thought he went to Calvary and what we talk about and preach about oftentimes about why God go to Calvary is not really the real reason why he went to Calvary. But we'll talk about that and we'll probably finish up this lesson next week. I believe we'll finish up this lesson next week. But knowing God is essential. Why were you created? Well, before that, how were you created or what's your reason for being here? God created you in his image. And the reason why God created you in his image was so he can justify his existence. And then on top of that, we needed to know him. That's our purpose, because it's not until we know him can we actually determine his value. Stand with me. We're getting ready to pray as we come to a close tonight. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate you praying with us earlier. Keep um, Tim in your prayer that God will continue to work in his life. God will continue to fulfill our petition and request to heal him. And join me this Saturday at 6.30. 6.30 is our corporate prayer. We pray on Saturdays at 6.30. And we're normally together for about 45 minutes praying, calling on the name of the Lord. And we pray about many different things at that time. So join us this Saturday and pray with us this Saturday. We want you to stay safe. Amen. The Northeast on this end um, here in New Jersey, we probably um, got about 12 inches of snow today. We dug out a couple of times. Doing all right. Amen. But, you know, keep us in your prayer as we're keeping Texas in our prayers because um, we're equipped to deal with this kind of weather. They're not. And so, um, you know, 
We'll continue to keep them in prayer. You all keep us in prayer. The folks that live in Florida is kind of smiling at us and say, that's why we're down here in Florida. And um, don't worry when the hurricane come your way, we'll be praying for you. And, you know, we won't be taking advantage of you, but we'll just be praying for you because hurricanes comes that way, just like we get snow this way. So everybody gets something. Amen. <laughs> Nobody is exempt. Everybody gets something. My Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together. Lord, I pray for each and every person that have come together tonight to, oh God, share in the word of God and, oh God, call on your name and to seek to have an encounter with you. I pray tonight, Lord, that the word that went out will go into our hearing. It will constrain us in righteousness. And then, Lord God, we will be able to apply your word in every aspect of our lives. I pray that you'll help us to grow and mature in you. That, Lord, we will seek to know you now that we understand our purpose, Lord God. Help us to understand and know you more. That, Lord Jesus, we can truly have what it takes to determine your value. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will continue to bless our congregation, strengthen us. We pray for your favor in every way, Lord God. As you know, Lord, we want to do your will. We want to truly, truly, Lord God, proclaim your will wherever we go. And we want people to know who you are because, Lord, the most important thing you did was, oh God, allow yourself to become knowable. And Lord, you wanted us to know you. And we Thank you for that, Lord. And so, Lord, we will forever and continue, Lord God, to, oh God, speak your word into this world and to teach this world whenever we can who you are, that they too will come to know you. Because, Lord, it's when we come to know you, can we be saved. It's when we come to know you that, Lord God, we can determine, oh God, and justify your existence and determine your value. So I pray, Lord God, that all that have been spoken here tonight will truly be clear into our mind, will truly bring understanding to us that, Lord God, we can live this life of success in you, Lord God. We thank you, we praise you, we honor you, and we bless your holy name for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. If there's anyone tonight that's hearing me that's never given their life to the Lord, please contact us through our social media and let us know uh, that you want to give your life to the Lord, we're standing by and we want to help you in every way we can to reveal Jesus to you and help you to get saved, which is knowing the Lord, repenting of your sins, being baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. He will fill you with his spirit if you have not already been filled with his spirit and he will guide you in a life of righteousness and holiness and you will live a life of success if you will hear us and do what the Word of God tell you to do. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful rest of your night. Hallelujah.
Come on, you might as well worship Jesus right where you are. You might as well just worship Him. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Just, just lift your hand and just, and just love Him. Just lift your hand and love Jesus. Uh-huh. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good, church. God is wonderful. Let him have his way. He wants you to know him. He wants you to determine value. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. 